0: in the sand place with endless blue skies love never dies i'll be the queen of this magnificent land such a beautiful dream i wanted to believe get lost forever in your dance but birds are just letters loosely held together by the hopefulness of romance forever is for diamonds and poets like you Happy ever after lasts as long as a rainbow in June I've tried to As long as a rainbow can, do I've tried to pretend this story won't end, but they always do. Won't you love this is
1: That's Lynn Hansen with True Blue Moon, the first single from her forthcoming solo album, Just Words, which is due for release in February 2020. And it's the follow up to the very well received Uneven Ground from 2017. Now, Lynn Hansen has been very busy in the last few years, because you remember she also had the Lynn's album, Heartbreak Song for the Radio, that's the project with Lynn Miles, that was 2018. We're pleased to welcome Lynn Hansen into the Folk Roots Radio studio today. I've got to be honest, she looks a little tired because she's just come back from the Midwestern Folk Alliance Conference. And anyone who goes to folk conferences knows that most of what happens occurs in the middle of the night. So she's looking a little bit tired, but it's great to have her in the studio.
2: Well, thank you so much, Jan. It's a real pleasure to be here. And, and I'm, I'm kind of amazed I can sit upright on the amount of sleep I've had over the last four days.
1: <laughs> well, you know, one of the things I love when I get to talk to musicians is just getting that feeling of how committed they are to to their career. And, and you really are. I mean, you, you know, I mentioned, you know, Uneven Ground 2017, Heartbreak Song for the Radio with The Lens 2018. Now we've got this new album, Just Words that you're getting ready for release in 2020, it, it really is never-ending. And, and it's good that you love this, because I imagine you say, oh, my God, i got to put another album out. But you've never, ever felt that, have oh, you? Oh, no,
2: I've never felt that. And I'm actually putting a book of poetry out at the same time with the, with, uh, with the album. Oh, um, very nice. Be, could, the album is called Just Words. And for me, I, I think, uh, you know, the words are the most important part as far as i'm concerned in terms of any song and i love a good groove and i love great melody but to me you know the craft is is really working on the words so i i finally got up the courage to put up a book of poetry and so the two things are coming out at the same time and and so i i didn't i didn't feel that my current uh schedule was was crammed enough so i figured i would do that too
1: <laughs> we'll definitely talk about that in a few moments but let's talk about true blue moon because mm-hmm. that was the first single from the album actually came out a month or so ago. Uh, the album is produced by Jim Bryson, but tell us a little bit about True Blue Moon because uh, this is an interesting story to it doesn't it
2: yeah well it was uh, it was inspired i um i I was going to be touring in France and I wanted to perform some songs uh, in French while I was in France because I, I speak french and uh, and I just and I love the language I think it's such a beautiful language and so I was looking for real like I wanted real classic songs. I wanted songs that the people would really relate to that, that it, I didn't want to do like a Québécois song just simply because I wanted to, if I'm going to go to France, I wanted to play one of their songs, like a song that meant something to them. And um, so when I was re- researching, uh, I found the song Ne Me Quitte Pas, which is a Jacques Brel song. And uh, he's, a, he's actually, was from Belgium. And, uh, and when I was in France, it was the 40th year of his, the anniversary of his death. And so there was a huge amount of significance around me playing this song. And so, uh, but the thing that really drew me to this song, there was a single line in the album, so ne me quitte pas, don't leave me. And there was this line where he says, laisse-moi devenir l'ombre de ton homme. Basically the translation or the meaning would be, you know, I would, I would basically settle to be the shadow of your shadow. And, and it was one of those images that, absolutely stopped me in my tracks. And, uh, and I couldn't look away, and I was just, I fell in love with his song, with this one line. But then I, I started reading about him, and I read an interview that he, had, he gave at one point where he said that Namakitpah was not a love song. That it was about the, the weakness of men and how they could be manipulated by women. And I think he, I thought it sounded like a lot like he had been dumped or something because I'm thinking, you know, don't leave me <laughs> sounds an awful lot like a heartbreak song. So, what I decided to do um, was I would write a response to his song uh, from the perspective of a woman who, you know, is, is being showered by affection by a poet. But she rec- recognizes, and, and has, this is not her first rodeo, and so she realizes that you know there's probably not going to be any longevity to this relationship because he's just he's just he's a he's something someone who is in love with romance because that's kind of like the even the idea I think that we have of poets is that they're you know they're just so in love with passion and and so that that was what the whole true blue moon was so love is you know it's as rare as a true blue moon is it's just not that it's not that likely to happen.
1: So that song was produced by Jim Bryce in his studio. Mm-hmm. And I think Catherine McClellan is also on it. Catherine
2: she? McClellan sings on it. Yes, she does. She actually sings on four of the tracks on the new record. Um, I love Catherine. She's just such a great songwriter and she's a wonderful human being. And I've, I, I actually went out to PEI to write. To spend some time to write for the new record. I was out there for a week and I we went, you know, we had to, one of the, like they had, I say it's a neighborhood party, but it was an outdoor thing where it was, it was basically like a crazy woods party. And it was, it was uh, just a wonderful time though to be out there and hanging out. And so when I when I was um, getting ready to record this, I asked Catherine if she would uh, be willing to, you know, would you sing on a track or two? And then she ended up singing on a four. And uh, yeah, so she is singing on this one.
1: So tell us about the album. Uh, I know there's uh, another single we're going to play very shortly. It will land in February of 2020. How many songs are on the new project?
2: There's 11 songs on the new project. And uh, it really runs a gamut. Like, I, I don't tend to be a writer that, that writes in a, in a single style of music. And I, so for me, an album really is an album. Because... You know, people say like, well, why do you bother to put an album out these days? You know, people just stream and they listen to a single song at a time. And I feel if that's how people experience the music, they can. But for those people that's, that still enjoy like reading an entire book, you know, uh, and if you want to hear the story from beginning to end from for me, it's like it's the entire album. And so, you know, it really runs the gamut from sort of like a folk pop type song to like, well, Jim called it My Nirvana Song, which is the second single that we're going to hear in a bit. And then I have, you know, I have something that has almost a jazzy, a little bit of a jazzy feel to it. And then, you know, it's really straight up blues songs. So I, because I, because I, I love all good music. And so for me, I can never really decide that I'm a single style.
1: Now, talking of people that played on the album, we mentioned Catherine McClellan, but I gather that the wonderful Kevin Bright is also Kevin, on there. And he played on the Linz album as well, didn't he?
2: He sure did. And uh, Kevin Bright is an amazing uh, hes an amazing guitar player. He's a world-class guitar player. Like, I, I, I am astounded at what he can come up with in the studio. Yeah, when I was, when I was getting ready to record it, I didn't want anybody else, so I asked him. And when he said yes, I think that probably made my day for a week.
1: Well, it's always great and I can only imagine how much, what a thrill it must be for you. I mean, you have a great career yourself, but to have Kevin Bright coming in and playing on your album, I mean, he is, I think, one of the the best guitarists there is there's just no two ways about it
2: and and i think for your listeners if they're not familiar with his work they should go out and, and and take a like take a look at you know john his johnny Goldtooth uh, mm-hmm. project and and some of his his uh his other other material because he is just a, he's just a world-class guitar player and we are so lucky in canada that you know we have these these people that you don't have to go to L.A. or Nashville or, or, or wherever to uh, to find someone who can give you this incredible, like share their incredible talent. And I, I that's probably the thing that I'm most grateful for. You know, whenever I, I'm about to put a record out and when I look back and I see it when it's finished, finished state, I am so grateful for the people that have all the talent that they can take my little songs and make them sound so incredibly huge. It's just a real privilege for me to work with these people.
1: Is it a fair thing to say that he's, influenced your own guitar style i know that on the Lynns album you played a lot more elect electric guitar and i think on this album and and your touring at the moment you're playing more Absol- absolutely
2: absolutely like and i i for the Lynns uh project you know obviously we, we were going to bring kevin on tour with us i i i always kid and say i reversed engineered uh some of his solos so i could you know figure out how to how how is it gonna, how are we going to present this stuff and uh and I and I and I asked some questions about pedals, and I asked other guitar players like Tony D from Monkey Chunk. I got some input from him, and I'm working with Blair Hogan now. He's he's touring with me now, and I asked him about guitar pedals and stuff. So when I'm writing now, I am writing on an electric guitar sometimes, which I never did before. And the first song that that happened on was "Heartbreak Song for the Radio" for On the Linz, the title track. That whole melody, you know, because some somebody brings a song in, and that whole melody was developed on electric guitar. And I I realized at that moment in time that it's almost like an incredible, indifferent different instrument because you you get this sustain or this. this effect that you don't get when you're on an acoustic guitar where maybe you feel you have to keep the melody moving and all of a sudden there's all this space and you can hold it longer and so I think that that sense of space is much more present on this record in terms of where the pauses are because of that you know that idea that there the, the space doesn't have to be my words my voice.
1: So you had Jim Bryson at the control desk on this album, I mean, he's got a great reputation, not just as an artist himself, but as a producer. He's also a bit of a multi-instrumentalist as well. Tell us a little bit about working with Jim.
2: Oh, Jim, Jim. I just think Jim is like a hidden gem genius. I, I, love, I loved working with Jim. He has such an imagination when it comes to sounds, but it's just a wonderful ability to add that tiny little thing that... If you're, you know, the listener might not even notice it. If it wasn't there, it, the song would not be quite so special. And he's a wonderful keyboard player. Like he's piano, keyboards. And I say keyboards and piano because I want to, you know, impart the the, the mastery that he has over the sounds that he does with pads and keyboards and effects and things like that. In addition to being a very good, just straight up piano player. But he's also a very good guitar player. Kevin was playing all the lead Parts for sure but jim's a good guitar player and so and he has a sense of groove i can't remember what we were calling it. i think it was lit it was portuguese swamp because he's portuguese heritage and uh, and i said he, he is because his his groove his swing is a slightly different place than mine is and so for some of the tracks i had him play i had him play the rhythm guitar parts because i felt that for him to get the the vision that he had, because you build a song from, for at least where I'm setting, you build a song from the ground up, from the groove up, and so I really wanted him to get exactly the groove that he was looking for. So I just sort of thought, you know what, I, I wrote the song. I don't have an ego. I, I'll, you know what, you play my, you play my guitar. Like, bring you, like, don't, not literally mine, because he's got some very nice ones. But he would come in and just play um, this part, and it would just have a slightly different feel. And then, you know, the, the, the drums and the bass, because we were, we we're sort of recording those those parts live off the floor together, the groove would be just ever so slightly different. And then when you went to put the keyboard parts in, or when you went to put the Kevin Bright parts in, on guitar, and the, even the vocals, all of a sudden the song had a slightly different feel. And it's like, oh, I like it, I like it. And it, it was uh, it was like discovering something totally new. So it was, it, there's a lot of joy in that studio for me to, to get to work with you.
1: It certainly sounds like it's a great project. Again, remember, that arrives February 2020. But we also have this book of poetry. So tell us a little bit about how that came about.
2: So um, in 2016, I put out a book of haiku. And the, the book of haiku was basically a writing exercise. And, and people took... Took a, a bit of a shine to what I was posting on social media, and so uh, someone dared me to do a book with them, and so I did. I ended up putting a book together, but I never felt really comfortable that I that I was a good enough writer to be able to be a poet because to me the poets are at the top of the food chain. There's no song, there's no melody, there's nothing you can hide behind. And then I read, uh, I, I I read I read a book, uh, Katerina Vermette. I read her book uh she's a uh, winnipeg based poet and um i read it on the plane from winnipeg to ottawa and by the time i got home in ottawa i decided that i wanted to be a poet because i loved her style so much and i felt that it was some very similar like i see words like that where at the end of the poem there's sort of an nec- it's an exclamation mark here's the moral of the story and it's almost like the title of a song the role that that title plays of a song is what those last few lines in a poem uh, the role that they play, and so I started writing poetry without the inhibition that I had had up until that moment in time. I, so I was self-conscious. I felt like I, I can't do this. It's which is funny because I, you know, I'm a writer, <laughs> but I didn't feel it was good enough to just use words. And so I just kind of started to branch out and and take some some chances and and try to hone my craft in that area. And so when I felt like I had enough of a body that it was potentially possible, I thought, well, this I could do this. And then there's several songs on the record that started as poems. Just Words, actually, the title track was a poem, and it was a very different poem. And I couldn't write the song. It took me three years to write the song from the poem. So I thought that it felt to me like the circle had closed when I got that song finished. I thought, you know, I think... I think I want to present these two things at the same time. It's like this because they—they they, to me they are no longer uh, separate. They're—they're—they're they're, they're what I am as a writer. Um, I'm all those things, and so I want to present them at the same time because I feel that it's somehow—it just somehow was meant to be.
1: And what's the name of the poem anthology?
2: It's—it's it's also called just words. Just
1: words. Does it have any connection to any of your lyrics,
2: or? Uh, what I did is I I put the lyrics for this album in the book because I the, the there's really peop, so many people stream music these days, um, and so you, the one downside to streaming is you don't get the benefit absolutely, of absolutely yeah you know the lyrics and to me you know the kind of, because of the kind of writer that I am you know I've been called a heartbreak poet and so it's sort of one of those things where well. It is poetry, and I am not presenting it any other way. Uh, but I didn't want to bring other songs in because I felt like it needed to be something fresh, and all these all these are new. And so what I did is there's the, the book itself has three parts. There's poems, there's haiku, because that's where I started, and then there's the lyric section. So there's sort of three sections to the book.
1: That sounds really exciting. I You've got to be honest, you know, and it, it's funny. I do radio, and sometimes I feel that, you know, that we have almost moving too far over to the streaming side because a lot is being lost. I mean, I'm really encouraged that vinyl has come back so strongly because when you have that vinyl album, there's, you know, there's a much larger space to, to, to write information, you know, about who played on the record, yeah. you know, the lyrics of the record or, you know, the deep thoughts of the person like yourself yeah. who's created them.
2: Wait till wait you see the vinyl for this record. We did a die cut. So oh, no. for the listeners who aren't familiar with that term, it basically, the, for the, the jacket of the, of the album, they cut out part of it. And so we, we've, we've, it's got a die cut on the front. And so you can see the insert sleeve through the die cut. And that insert sleeve is the artwork for the actual CD. So the whole thing goes together. But then the vinyl itself is white vinyl.
1: Oh, it's
2: just It's just like the entire package together is just stunning.
1: (laughs) It sounds like it's going to be certainly a great project, great album. The album will arrive in February of 2020, as we've mentioned before. And then I imagine you'll be back touring and
2: yeah my uh well I, I start touring february 1st for the new record uh i have a couple of shows in ontario just in the auto area in january and uh but i'm out in bamford i'm in in, Van, in uh, winnipeg before that so i i was a little tied up but i'll be out in bc in february and then i have my a couple of ontario dates to release the album here at home and then i go to europe and i'm in england germany and holland and then uh i'm I'm in the uh, northeast of the United States in May then I go to Texas. I'm going to the Maritimes as well. I almost forgot about that. And uh and Europe again in the fall in fall of 2020 and the Midwest and the northeast and Alberta. So I'm I don't know that I'm going to be home in, the, in 2020 start uh,
1: but you're quite happy on the road, which is <laughs> Oh, yeah, pretty, you
2: know. I mean, the thing is the having the opportunity to share songs with an audience, you know it's I think it's just such a privilege you know, I, I really do have the best job in the world. It's not the easiest job in the world, but I'm very lucky to get to do it and uh, it's just such a it's such a joyful thing to be able to share songs and and the messages in them with people. In a, in a live setting because you know you, you get the real personality of the performer and the songwriter when you get to see them live you know I, I've been you know I, I've been told that I'm funny and uh but you don't necessarily get to see that when you're just listening to, to music because it's a static thing but you come to the you know you come to the show and you get the opportunity to see the person and the, and the performer as they are which is kind of cool
1: Oh, it it sounds very cool. People want to learn more information about Lynn Hansen, you know, check out for the shows that are coming up. Go to com, and that's Lynn with an E.
2: That's right, and Hansen with an O. (laughs) O.
1: That's great. It's been great to have you join us. Now, we're very lucky because we're going to get to play the second single from the new album, which is the title track, which is Just Words. Tell us a little bit about this song.
2: So the the reason that I... I I name the album "Just Words" and and this track is a title track is because for me uh, I feel that um, in this day and age that we are not we are not recognizing how important and how much impact our words have on others and you know you see it in social media you know you see the most terrible things being tweeted out um, and by by. By leaders and and somehow the, the there is no limit to what we can say about one another to one another and you know there was this and it's in the, I make reference to the in the song and you'll hear that it's the idea that you know sticks and stones can break your bones but words will never hurt you and I think it's it's such a a, a, a mistruth that statement is could not be more wrong I think that uh, the easiest thing that we could do as a society to be more kind to one another is to choose our words more carefully. And so um, it takes so little effort to speak to another person as you would want to be spoken to. And so, you know, I've never been the type of artist to be, uh, you know, to take a stand on things. I always joke that I'm way too self-absorbed to write about other people. But and on this record, there's quite a bit of that kind of content. And, and I think this song for me is, uh, you know, as an artist, I, I felt it was really important to address the concept of, you know, the verbal bullying. And we, we hear a lot about that in the media and in the news. You know, I think, I think it's the subtle things. It's the little things. It's not even, the, you know, it's not even when you say something terribly bombastic to another person. It can be, it can be yes a very subtle thing. Um, that can really hurt people. And, and, and I think it would be really nice if, if um, you know, if the society could could have a little bit less of that hurt because I think there's happiness to be found, you know, when we can reduce the level
1: of hurt that lives out there. That's a good way to finish this interview. Lynn Hanson, it's an, always a pleasure to have you join us in the studio. This is Lynn Hansen with the title track from her forthcoming album. It's entitled Just Words. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Chan Hall thanks again for stopping
2: by. Thanks so much for having me, Jan.
0: He's his whole world. He ain't never raised a hand. Cause he ain't that kind of man. Never pays in a mind. The things he says that are so unkind. Careless words that cut so deep. What she's supposed to be Nobody's gonna save you Nobody's gonna make a way for you Nobody thinks it matters what they say Just words anyway Just words anyway Young boy so sweet, so cruel, so indiscreet. Young girl spreading lies in the dark. Nasty bite to go with that bark. Keep your head down, keep your head down, keep your head down. Don't make a sound, make a sound, don't make a sound. Get lost, stay safe in the crowd. Cause whispered words can be so goddamn loud Nobody's gonna save you Nobody's gonna make a way for you Nobody thinks it matters what they say Just words anyway Just words anyway Just words anyway Just words anyway Just words anyway